Right guys, the this podcast is chapter two, learning from existing products and practices. So through this one, we're going to be looking at, obviously the exam technique again, things that influence design decisions, and how developments in, de- in design and technology have influenced decisions as well. One thing to bear in mind with this chapter is it goes through what it takes to become a successful designer. So learning from products with similar features, designers constantly analyse their products, different products, in order to get a better one and identifying technologies that are available. Leave you with this just to start with.
Now, if that song doesn't get you into revision, then I don't know what will. So, first thing we're going to start off with is the exam technique. Now, these are just little tips as we went through in chapter one, and a big loss in the first in the exploring the exam kind of way you answer the questions. This is just top tips and the command words, just to keep them instilled in your brain. So tips, always read every question in the exam carefully. Don't write essay about modeling if it's about de develop, developing prototypes. Next one, use the number of marks at the side of the question as a guide on how much to write. Try to write a point for each mark so if it's a question work three marks, then you write three points, not just a single sentence. All right, so there's three separate sentences there, minimum. Third one, write your answer clearly. Remember to use good grammar, spelling and punctuation. If the examiner doesn't understand and can't read what you're writing, then you're not gonna get the marks, even if it's right. Next one is a massive one. Use the correct terminology. So if you say something about wood, don't just put wood. Put the exact wood that you're gonna be using, like an MDF, like an oak, like pine. If you've got a question on plastics, don't just put plastic. Put acrylic, put hips in there. Get the little acronym and then put what it means. It's a high impact polystyrene. If it's a question on sketching, make all the sketches so clear it is untrue. Make sure there are annotations everywhere on that sketch. The examiner needs to be able to see what you're trying to communicate. So make it as simple as possible for the examiner to realize what it is you're getting across. The final one is don't panic. If you don't get understand a question, move on to the next one. There is a load of time in this exam for you to do it and you'll be able to get it all done, trust me. Next one is the command words. Each question has a command word within it, so it might be to state something. So if it says state, don't just give a short answer or list it. So you should, sorry, when it says state, you need to be given just a short answer and listing it. You don't need to explain why, it just says just to explain it, just to give me an answer. It will say define. Okay, so here you need to be given a clear and precise meaning of a word or a phrase. So it might say define the term hips and you need to be telling me what hips is, what it stands for. Outline is when you need to just give a brief summary of a process. So it's not asking for six sentences, it's just asking for a short outline of it, so three sentences max. Explain. This is where you need to give reasons and show why. So here is your technical knowledge coming in. Describing, it says describe it, a detailed description. So explain it stage by stage, process by process of something that is going on. When it says discuss, these are the ones that will get you a lot of marks. So this is when the social, the moral stuff, things about new technologies might come into play. And this is where you need to give a balanced argument. So covering both sides of the story. So the 
fours, the againsts on both sets. And then it's the assess and the evaluate ones. So here it's your own evidence and your own knowledge to come up with a conclusion. All right, so that was just a brief overview of the exam technique that you're going to be using. The next part is just looking at things that influence designers and how we make the requirements for our product. Um, a big question in the exam is going to be a product analysis one, a massive banker of a question. Okay, this is you getting top marks on this question because it is a simple question and you have done a shed load of product analysis questions. When you do a product analysis, it is there to ensure a product is fit for the purpose of the designer and what it goes into. Okay, product analysis is the study of existing products and can help a designer understand other areas better, such as the materials, the technologies, the construction methods. It is important to know that when you're conducting a product analysis, you look into these areas. So the function of it, the materials, methods of construction, ergonomic and anthropometric considerations, aesthetics, so the fashion and the styles of it, how a product impacts upon the environment, the ease of recycling, and also how it's been influenced by other designers. The bare bones of a product analysis is of these next few points. Now this is where you need to be including this on any product analysis, this goes in, no matter what. So you'd look at the aesthetics, so how it looks. So you think about the colors, the shapes, the proportions of the um, actual product. You give a reason why it's these colors. Does it, is it something to do with the function of it? Any special finishes that have been applied to the product. So if it is a garden bench, has it got anything to make it suit the outside world? Okay, so something that is different from it being inside. Think about how, well, the obvious one of how the product actually functions. What is the function of the product and how is it achieved within this build? Okay, is there, are there special features within it that makes the product function in this way? Who is going to use it and why are they going to use it? Where is it going to be used? Is there a clear reason for this? This needs to be down in that analysis. You need to look briefly into the construction methods of it. So whether it's maybe mass or batch produced, or is it just a simple one-off production? The different manufacturing methods that are available and are the properties of this suitable for those manufacturing methods? Could there be something that could be better for it that you could include? So there's no reason why within these questions you can't state something like a better material that could be used for this. So your own opinion. Can the materials that are used be recycled? Okay, are there methods in place for these to be recycled? Is it easy to maintain? So can it be taken apart for a component to be replaced and then recycled. The materials are one area 
that you need to focus upon and you can show a big amount of technical knowledge. So these are very dependent on the design solution. So where and how is the product used? So you need to be thinking about these materials. Also include it in the analysis. So think about the material used. Is it good for how the product is used? Is it good for where the product is used? Think about the need of the user. Okay, so when looking at these materials, are the needs of the users being satisfied by this material? Okay, could it be better? Could it be used as more, more of a recycled material? The last one, going into what we looked at in chapter one with the social stuff, this is a big one. So the social, moral and economic factors behind the choice of materials is a big influence for designers. So if they're looking at a product, they don't want to be making mistakes and to have people pretty much look down on what they've done because of their choice of materials. Is it having an impact on the economy? Is it something that is maybe socially, morally unjust? These are areas that need to be considered and within an analysis, this really does help the designer to influence their decisions okay because they're looking at all the other people's designs how they've done and what they're doing when we're looking at materials we maybe need to look at standard components that are being used so different types of clips different types of brackets different types of hinges screws nails is there a specific screw type is there a specific rivet that's being used does the material provide a structural integrity? Okay, so is it strong enough to hold the weight that is being that it is being used for? Okay, is it too weak for the pro for the product? And does this material make use of the process that is being used to construct it? Okay, these are all things that influence the designer. So if they've got a specific thing that they need to be constructing, they need to be thinking about that material. And therefore, that has an impact on who can buy it. And therefore, has an impact on where it can be sold. And therefore, has an impact on the money that they're bringing in. And so it's a big, vicious circle for the designer. So they need to be getting this spot on every single time. It might be a good thing for you to just have a look at a, a product, some, something around the home, and think about all the multiple materials that go into that product. Think about the standard components that are in there. Think about the, the names of the materials that are used within that. And just make a list of them and see how many there are. And this influences the designer. They've had to make this choice. Okay, so have a look at that. Within the assembly, designers will use a product disassembly. As they're going along. Now we've used this in the NEA and we've also done little disassemblies along the way in year 10 and 11. Um, advantages of the disassemble is that it shows the designer how a product is fit, how a product fits together and what products are used and what components are used to create that product. Now this influences the designer because they can base their own products on this so it's almost like the dirty work has been done for them but they can then improve it. So if they spot something that is wrong within that disassembly, 
they can think of what could be better, how it could be improvised. Another area that influences the designer is the work of other designers. The work of other design movements is a big one. This is the ability to emulate styles of past or follow trend or or follow trends of recent times. Okay, there's been one big one of recent times from the eco design movement. Okay, this is where within eco design it is kind of like manufacturing techniques to follow the current 21st century design. So they're looking at the more sustainable future. We always see sustainable future as the way forward with that, but it can also be easier for the designer to look at other movements. Okay, movements like the Bauhaus movement from 1919 to 1935, streamlining 1930 to 1950, Art Deco movement, 1925 to 1939, Pop Art movement in the 1960s, the Memphis movement, 1980 to 1990. Okay, there's loads of them. You need to be able, you need to be aware of these movements just in case there is an exam question that include a mention of these. Another big impact for the well, influence for the designer is how a product is marketed and how a product is branded for them. Now, the marketing is the business of promoting and selling a product. Okay, now this is a big area for the designer. It persuades customers to buy their product and influences them massively. It can also produce a demand to create sales. So you think about when a PlayStation is released, it has a big advertising campaign and says how, how better it is than the last PlayStation that's released and how better the graphics are, how quicker it is, what the games are going to be like. And that influences all the people that are looking at it to buy it. Those adverts will only be shown at key times when they think that demographic is going to be watching it. When a new product is created, it is either because of a market pull or a techno technological push. A market pull is the need for a product that arises from customers or market research to solve a need or to compete with a product launched by another manufacturer. The technological push is when research and development of new technology drives new product development. For example, the touchscreen, fingerprint technologies in smartphones, it's all advancing, so therefore, they're looking to get better ones over and over again, making you buy better products. A successful marketing campaign from a company derives from an influential brand, so the logo. Okay, a logo, you think of big logos at this time, it must be fashionable, it must look nice for the customer, it must be easily recognisable. Once it's recognisable, it influences the decision of the consumers and therefore will buy the product. Consider the influence of the design on the impact of the, on, on the impact on society. 
okay? The product cannot have a negative impact on the society. It has to be a positive impact. And this will always be considered by the designer. Different cultures might perceive a product to be have a negative impact on it, whereas other cultures might perceive it to be a positive impact. Okay, this could be down to colours being used in the product. Could be down to getting rid of a traditional method of manufacturing that is used in that country. So designers need to be very careful of this. We can link this into the social moral values again and think about the impact on society with mobile phones. Okay, how the young generation only use touchscreen technology. Okay, it's no use now releasing something new that is handwritten when the younger generation writes things on a touchscreen and can be easily deleted. Social media have a massive impact on influencing this society. Think about the environmental impact of a product and the life cycle of a product. So this would be a big area for that influences designers again, but it also is a big area for the product development. So the designers are always looking into the environmental impact that this product has on the environment. It has to keep all the costs as low as possible in order to make a sufficient profit. So is it looking at getting a better or cheaper material and therefore damaging the reliability of that product. So they've got to be very careful with the type of material used. The advertising, the branding, this increases the interest in a product but also can lead us into becoming a throwaway society. Because we're constantly looking into new products, we're constantly throwing away the old ones. So a throwaway society is how society is being influenced by consumerism and excessive consumption of products. People have realised the impact of this and the impact it has on the environment, on materials and on natural resources. So constantly being creating new products constantly uses more natural resources and therefore where products go when they're thrown away, they're just going in the bin, into landfill. So we need to be incredibly careful again. This is why designers push for a more circular economy. So the linear economy. So a circular economy is an alternative to a traditional linear economy manufacture in which we use resources for as long as possible and then reuse and regenerate products and materials. More of a cradle to cradle model. Okay, so when a product is becomes obsolete or doesn't work anymore, we can easily disassemble that product and certain components within it, standard components, can be used again. BMW have trialled this massively in Germany and it's worked with fantastic results. Okay, BMW cars, they pay for BMW cars when they've come to the end of their life to go back into the garage. They then reuse parts of the BMW engine and create new BMW cars from those parts. So constantly renewing the parts. That is 
the big advantage of a circular economy and you need to be able to realize that when thinking about products. The next section is the developments in design and how they influence decisions. So this is the, all the new technology that is coming out at this time. Okay, this is called an emerging technology. So these are new technologies that are currently being promoted, that are being trialed, and that plan to have a big impact on society. Now, examples of emerging technologies include artificial intelligence, 3D printing. So we all know the advantage of a 3D printer can print limbs, can print hearts now. Think about nanotechnology. Okay, that's an, an emerging technology. Circuit boards are getting smaller. Components are getting smaller and smaller. Therefore, electrical products can become smaller and smaller and can be more advanced and do more things. Robotics. Human robotics are becoming a big deal at the moment. We have human robotics on the moon. Okay, people send robotics to the moon and to act like humans, okay, in order to do their research. We have gene therapy. We have sensing and mobility technology that is coming through. That is an emerging technology. These all have a big impact upon how they benefit us. However, there are social, moral and cultural implications of these. Okay, people might not like the impact that these have on their society, on their culture. And therefore, there are societies that reject this material, these products, that don't like using them. In order for this technology to work, we have to keep on trialling it, keep on making products, but also have failures within this. Okay, one of the biggest failures came from Apple. Okay, we all now use or have used an Apple iPad. However, this first came from a thing called the Apple Newton. This was released in the mid-90s, possibly about 93 it started coming out. Now, this was a personal organiser set out in the same way as, or the same principle as an Apple iPad. However, it failed massively. The costs were too high. It didn't do enough things that the user wanted it to do. Ten years later, Apple thought they could improve it. They could go on what went wrong and just look, do a disassembly on it, do an analysis of it, and then make it even better. Now, this is why products are successful, because of this reason. Another influence that can help designers is the impact upon the environment from products. So this is looking into how they can affect the environment, how they affect us living in this world. So you think about obsolete products suddenly being ditched into a landfill, unrecycled elements of them, not having a good effect on the world. Think about the amount of plastics in the sea, okay, destroying those little turtles. Then we've got extracting the raw materials. Only recently in Britain, we've had a, a government law saying that fracking has to be stopped. Okay, so getting the natural gas element 
and we're not allowed to do that anymore until there has been research conducted to see the scale of the tremors that it's having okay so little earthquakes caused from fracking now this is a big deal because if we can't do this then we can't get the raw materials to produce the products this brings us on to the issue of the ethics so product enhancement has a big deal on ethics okay so you should should you leave products in a landfill or should you actively look to design a sustainable product the impact of advertising causes big peer pressure on people to have the latest technology so therefore it could be seen as an element of bullying okay the extraction of raw materials for these element for these enhancements can also cause big big political uproar okay there has been de debates in parliament in this country there's been debates in other countries parliaments that divide the country because of mining for the raw materials to design new products these are all elements that influence a designer's dis decision when they're creating a new product now I'll leave you with the final song hope you found that a decent one for you and i'll leave you with this Bye-bye.